Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by the Excellence Collection, a place of relaxation and romance. Explore tailored vacation experiences in eight all-inclusive resorts set on some of the most stunning beaches in Cancun, the Riviera Maya, Punta Cana, and Montego Bay. Enjoy an ambiance of love in the couples-only beloved hotels, adults-only exclusivity in Excellence Resorts, and fun for all ages at Finest Resorts. Choose your ideal tropical paradise today. Visit theexcellencecollection.com for more information. What's up, everyone? Today is Tuesday, November 29th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. We've got a great show for you today, talking big news around the world of travel. And joining me on the show is Ryan Taylor, owner of Ryan Fitness and Travel, otherwise known as Ryan FNT. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for the invite. My name, guys, like you said, is Ryan Taylor. I'm the owner of Ryan Fitness and Travel, and I focus on all-inclusive and wellness uh, travel. So most of my uh, most of my excitement about travel and wellness is that they intersect together, where they give people the ability to have an experience that doesn't detract them from their daily life, but helps to enrich it. So I'm really excited to be on board to talk to you today about, about that and talk about travel. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Brian and I are going to uh, talk a little bit about the vacation decision of the cruise versus the all-inclusive resort and uh, definitely touch on some of the wellness aspects of both of those places because wellness is certainly important. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday weekend. And before we get into the cruise versus all-inclusive resort section of debate, if you will, um, we're going to dive right into the world of trending, what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week, as we do for every episode. And we begin with Thanksgiving travel. I hope you guys had a good holiday. I had a little bit of a busy one. I had Thanksgiving meal from the hospital because uh, my baby boy was born. So uh, my wife gave uh, went into labor the day before Thanksgiving, and we spent Thanksgiving in the hospital. So it was a, it was a good time. But uh, if any of you were out there traveling, I hope you had a good experience. Ryan, did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? I did. I got a chance to enjoy it um, from D.C. So I had a very good time just being able to commune with uh, with my friends and family and being able to just continue to share those bonds. But I enjoyed a relatively quiet Thanksgiving, which is very um, unusual for me sometimes, because usually I'm either out of the country or I'm somewhere. Ne- never really sticking around too long nowadays. Gotcha. Yeah, there were a lot of people traveling over this busy holiday. The it's the, the week started off strong, really good numbers. Um then the weekend brought the weather impact. More than 4,500 flights within, into, or out of the U.S. were delayed or canceled by Monday night, and that was after almost 7,000 flights were delayed Sunday, one of the busiest travel days of the year. Sunday had 2.5 million passengers fly, and Monday had 2.4 million. Uh, compare that to 2019, you had 2.8 million on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So we're, we're close to those pre-pandemic totals numbers, which was kind of to be expected, the whole inflation. And we discussed this on last week's episode of the holiday travel outlook. But, you know, looking back over the the things, we're uh, wondering if it were going to be, you know, very chaotic. How, how chaotic might it be? Will it be the craziness of the summer? But things were relatively well there, you know, and that is partly because the U.S. airlines had planned to operate about 13% fewer domestic flights during the eight-day Thanksgiving travel window uh, that compared to 2019. So let, let's hope for more available flights and continued improvement for the travel industry for, for 2023. Right, Ryan? 
Absolutely. And, you know, the big thing about that is, is that it's always good to try to book as early as you can, but to just kind of remain flexible, because I think we're still in that transitory period as well. And so having that um, that that flexibility is important because you never know your plans might change. You might need to um, you might need to delay or you may need to extend a day. But, you know, having all types of precautions in place can help you stay sane this travel holiday season. Absolutely. Yes. Planning, planning, planning as much as you can and advanced planning too. And that's where the travel advisor always comes in for my consumer listeners out there who are listening and uh, never used a travel advisor. You know, I'm always preaching, make sure you use those. And they, they have been promoting a lot of great deals. A lot of brands have because it was Black Friday, Cyber Monday was yesterday. Now we've got Travel Tuesdays today. So there've been more deals abound and some of them extend past, you know, this week, some of them closed by the end of today. Uh, that's just how they roll. But, you know, you got to stay on top of that. And that's where an advisor comes in. I know I saw a lot of my advisor friends out there posting a bunch of great deals all over their social media. So, Brian, did any uh, any clients jump on any um, of these deals for you this uh, busy weekend? I had a few of them reach out to me for quotes from some of the deals that they've seen posted online. And so some of them were interested in doing some last minute travel going into December. Some of them wanted to do cruises. I've heard some of them that wanted to do some all-inclusive stays as well. And I actually had one person reach out to me um, because of the flights. They wanted to go actually to Paris sometime in um, in the spring. So they're really jumping on the availability and looking at all the specialty um, promotions that are available right now. Love that. Yeah, it's, it's important to get in and get going with it. So it's exciting that you had some people jump on that. So Hopefully, my fellow listeners out there on the advisor side had a lot of clients jump around too. So it was nice seeing some of the deals posted. And I did follow up with a few people just, you know, as I'm scrolling through Instagram and uh, Facebook and just checking out what some of these deals that um, advisor friends were posting on things. And yeah, the the, the feedback was, was really positive. It seemed like there's just it, the continued, I don't want to say pent up demand because it's just, the, but just the excitement of wanting to get out and travel right now. And it, we're in that window right now. And it's going to continue as we go through the holidays of people traveling. And then as we get to the new years, people wanting to plan travel for the uh, 2023 calendar year. It's, it's exciting times in my opinion. But Absolutely. It's really exciting. And it's great because like you said, it's the, we're starting to see that to kind of normalize people are dreaming and they're continuing to work. But I've also noticed that a lot of people are putting um, their mindset towards making sure that they have those experiences and jumping on them as opposed to waiting and skipping. So you, I've had, like I said, that experience where people are coming in last minute, they want to join, they want to join group trips, they want to be a part of cruises and the availability is getting lower and lower, but people are not waiting anymore. They're putting themselves in the position to really take control of life and be able to enjoy life while they can because it's not promised. Exactly. I love it. And speaking of that, you never know what might happen. And we got to go to this uh, crazy story last week of the Thanksgiving miracle. A guy fell overboard and survived after being in the water for 15 hours. A man was traveling with his sister on board a Carnival cruise ship, went over um, to the, the bar. They had a good time there, he, but his sister left and never saw him again. He never came back to his room, couldn't be found. She reported him missing anywhere from 10 to 15 hours after she had last seen him at the bar. According to reports, the Coast Guard was then summoned and out of fear that the man had fallen overboard and an air and search, air and sea search had ensued. Fellow passengers told media outlets that cruise ship officials had been going around in the ship with a picture of the man trying to see if anyone had seen him. They were also making onboard announcements for the man to check in with authorities if he was somewhere on the boat uh, turns out, no, he was overboard, and the ship ultimately turned around to assist officials in the search 
In a 17-year career, the Coast Guard spokesperson told media that this case is unlike anything I've ever been a part of. I think it kind of blows the norm and the normalcy out of the water here and really just shows the will to live is something that you need to account for in every search and rescue case. So kudos and hats off to all those people who went on the search for this man. And it's amazing that he was found. Just just an incredible story and wild of a Thanksgiving miracle. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, when you hear about these stories, you hear about them. It, it puts a lot of people that can be a little concerned about falling overboard. And this does not happen often. Right. When these types of when these types of situations happen, there's usually extenuating circumstances associated with that. And I can't speak to this particular case. But the fact is, is that um, cruise lines make it their business to make it as discreet as possible, usually when they are trying to uh, to resolve situations like this. And the fact that he was able to survive 15 hours in the water, in the middle of the water at that is, you know, nothing short of a miracle. So, you know, I'm very happy to hear that he was able, that he was able to come back safely and he's recovering. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully you know, we'll learn a little bit more about what happened on this, but like you said, yeah, cruising is safe and the, these overboard incidences really don't happen that often given the number, the sheer number and size of, of cruise passengers that are out there cruising and having a good time and everything. Some people have too much of a good time. I don't want to insinuate that that's what happened here. We don't really know on that. And hopefully more comes to light. But, you know, jumping over to what else was going on last week in the uh, holiday week, it wasn't a huge news week, but there was one big story that kind of took hold uh, beyond the whole, you know, uh, air travel cancellations or delays or how many people are traveling and all that stuff. Other air travel news, though, they kind of snuck this in over the holiday. Interesting timing on this. Frontier, they said they're going to be doing away with their call line service. The ultra low cost carrier is now expecting customers to reach out via text or social media. So Ryan, uh, not a great look here, I think. Um, And I saw several advisors posting this uh, that they already were not booking with Frontier and others saying that they will now avoid them altogether on this is uh, this was generated some very interesting feedback on our Facebook page. So Ryan, your thoughts on this news? I I do have some thoughts about it. And in the in the age that we're living in right now, a lot of things are going back to being automated. The only challenge is, is that because travel is a relationship business, when you think about it at its core, I think removing this part makes it very difficult to maintain that relationship. That connection is so important, especially because, yes, you can have a chat bot that can tell you the basic questions. And even if you have an obscure type of referential question or if it's something for a refund, something that requires a, a human element to it, you want to make sure that that's set in place. And a lot of things can just be misconstrued over tone. It can be misconstrued over a language barrier and that you just kind of need to have that availability. So it's I think that it's it's something that we can expect to see moving forward. I just hope that it starts to integrate where there is a capacity for people to still be a part of that. So even if they're not bringing back the call service lines, maybe they have another way for us to interact with people directly because the flights, when it comes to that, it's very it's very it can be very tricky with flights. Sometimes there's issues where people are trying to book um, flights and then they get the ticket incorrect and a chat bot may or may not be able to answer how they can get your ticket corrected without having to be applied a fee or something of that nature. And it just kind of varies depending on that line. Yeah, I'm I would much rather talk to a person a lot of times with with instances like these for sure. So it's uh, it was interesting to see a lot of the just the quick negative feedback when we post that story up on social media and everything. But there was one commenter out there on Facebook, Jacob Brown. He had a different perspective on this. And he said, now there's a written account of your conversation, kind of better than getting the runaround on the phone anyways. So if you're told one thing by an agent or another later, you have documentation to follow up. And that is true. That is a, a good you know perspective on that to, to 
to think, you know, a little differently, I guess, instead of the quick anger. But a lot of people just need that phone time. They just don't have it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the year. But I thought it was wild that just, I saw so much negative feedback so fast and so many people just outright, especially on the advisor side, saying and posting on their, um, you know, their Instagrams or their Facebooks or whatever, just saying, you know what? Sorry, clients, but I'm going to avoid this airline. It's better for you in the long run that we don't have to deal with, with any sort of headaches like these um, now that they're cutting this. So we'll see how that moves, you know, six months from now, what, what is the the mood like and, and how, how are people taking to this, you know? Yeah. I think it just has to be done very, very carefully with them cutting this. There needs to be something to maintain that relationship because to your credit, absolutely. Having a written account does make sure that there's less, um, that there's less run around and there may be more clarity, but there still needs the value of interpretation and application. And a lot of times things can be misconstrued just by the way that they're written details can be missed and it's very important that we maintain that relationship and that that continuity 100 percent agree on that as we jump over to some other trending this is a fun one to talk about and if you have not seen this folks you really need to google about this it was recently going viral the rendings of this uh floating city if you will it's a five billion dollar terry yacht concept pretty cool looking it's um but wow you know this thing is massive the design is a turtle shaped design they're calling it uh pangeos and it's apparently going to house 60,000 people. Yes, 60,000. You compare that to like, you know, massive cruise ships out there. They're like 6,000 people or something. That's crazy. So it's a floating city in and of itself. It will have beach clubs, villas, and even a mall. It stretches 1,800 feet in length and flaunts a beam of 2,000 feet, making for highly roomy interiors, according to the report. So entry is located aft through a massive Portico enabling vessels to enter the floating city. It will be launched from a 4 million square foot shipyard in Saudi Arabia. It has no destination. It's just going to roam the oceans of the world. So Ryan, would you live on this or would you vacation on it at all? Or you were like, no, thank you. What's, what's your take? You know, I'd love, uh, I love the idea and I love the concept. Um, I think I've seen something like this before, but honestly, I think I'd have to probably vacation on there. I, that The fact is, it's just this ship is going to be the destination. Like you are going to go there and you are going to enjoy yourself. When you're talking about having all of the things that we like on land and you're going to have that on the vessel itself, it's like, well, I don't need to leave. But I would probably eventually like, you know, I want to go out and I want to see different things. And I want to enjoy myself because that's just part of the, the way that I've been conditioned to see it. But I really love the I really love the fact that you can hold so many people and there's so many things that would be available to do on board. So it's really, really cool. But living there, I'd probably get a little tired of it a little quickly. Right. Yeah. You'd have to if you're going to, you know, ha have an apartment there or whatever, these nice luxury apartments that they're touting that they're going to have, you know, you got to also have a nice yacht or something like that. Just a mini yacht inside this mega yacht, mega, mega, mega yacht, I guess we'll say five time or whatever, because you're going to need to get out and see. It's not going to travel very fast. Obviously it's going to just float along and you know, you're, you're going to get bored of this, this, you know, floating city, really. You're going to need to get out and you're going to go need to see countries around the world. It might take. So it's cool. Yeah. I would vacation on it and experience that in and of itself, but $5 billion is pretty wild. I mean, you compare that to, we were just talking about this before the show here, Icon of the Seas is going to cost $2 billion. I saw a report on that. So they, you, yeah, that's that's a lot there. I mean, obviously going to cost more for 60,000 people, but uh, right. yeah, vacationing, sure. But after a bit, yeah, you're going to need to get out and see the world. And except, um, I'm sure there are people out there who, you know, want that, you know, or may view this as the, you know, utopia society of no problems. And it's going to be, Ra ra shish kumba kumbaya yay time but yeah, I, I don't know about that so i would love to know your thoughts out there listeners as that wraps up 
what has been trending in the world of travel for this past week and a, a holiday week at that. So now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week on the show. It's uh, cruises versus all-inclusive. So first, let's start off with what we love about both. So Ryan, what do you love most about all-inclusives? And then uh, we'll jump into what do you love most about cruising? Well, I think what I love the most about all-inclusives is the simple, the variety, and the way that it, it introduces people that are not accustomed to luxury to a really good value proposition. For people that have never really left the country, that want to go somewhere nice where it's always sunny and warm, they may only be accustomed to going to domestic locations. And there's always a different set of ancillary fees that you have to pay for. You got to be able to pay for meals, entertainment. You have to pay for activities. You have to be able to pay for accommodations. And then you have to get there all that all the same. But all-inclusives help solve that. And they help put you in the the most um, the most destination rich value places in a specific country in the Caribbean. And that's where they're the most common. So I think it's the value proposition that can help introduce new travelers um, is probably one of my favorite things. And there's just so many ways that you can really enjoy yourself with no, no need to worry, no need to relax. I love that. Yeah. Just the one flat rate price there. You don't have to bring out your wallet while you're on vacation and just have a good time and indulge as much as you like on food, drink, whatever on that side. So I do that. I do love that. That's probably my most, most uh, favorite part about the all-inclusive resorts. And yeah, you did mention they're most popular in the Caribbean. Yes, but I got to give a shout out to the the world. You know, they really are around the world. And we'll touch on a little bit of differences on that coming up. But first, you know, we got to jump in. What do you love most about cruising? Well, I love cruising because it actually gives you the ability to taste destinations. So you have the capacity to go to multiple destinations all over the place, all over the world. And you get to really just be a part of that culture. But there's a lot more to customize customized in that. So unlike with all-inclusives, when you're there, you're at that location and that is where you are staying. You wake up in one location one day, you wake up uh, at see the next and then the next thing you know, you're in a completely different location. So you get a chance to really sample a lot. And for people that really want to say, well, they've been to several different places or they're not quite ready yet to know where they want their next vacation to be when they decide to go for a longer stay, a cruise can definitely help introduce you to that. That's my favorite part. I love it too. Yeah. And that's where I love river cruising. I think the most too, because you know, the, the Caribbean is great for sure. But when you want to go to Europe and maybe you don't want to have to worry about, you know, language barriers on trains and stuff, or you have to worry about, you know, if, if you want to do the backpacking aspect of it, sometimes you just want to unpack once and just cruise on and guy, you know, go on down. So I, I do love that as well. But when we talk about the differences between them, you know, how do you know um, from your, your expertise on this, what's, what's your, your take for knowing, well, whether in when you guide a client in this direction, how should fellow advisors do that too? And whether to pick an all-inclusive or a cruise? Typically, I recommend it based on the, well, primarily there's a couple of factors. One of them could be their budget. So when it comes to what type of value you're trying to get out of it, an all-inclusive can give you a lot of good value just because, again, you're in that location. A lot of your, um, a lot of your basic needs are met, food, accommodations, entertainment activities, all in one location. And depending on what type of experience you're trying to have, that may be your best value. But if you're looking for something that gives you a little bit more customization, maybe you want to have something that allows you to see multiple destinations at once, or you know that the place that you're going to, you want to be able to see, really enjoy the culture, get out there. A cruise may be better for you because it offers you that, that flexibility to go to different places, also to try out the different cultures and to come back enriched from all of them. When you look at the budget aspect of things, how how much does that come up and, and how difficult is it for for the comparison on, on this side of the, on when you look at all inclusive versus a cruise? 
When it comes to the customization of what the client is looking for, there are some people, for some people, um, my clients specifically, uh, having an all-inclusive drink package is a big draw. And so with all-inclusives, because it's already factored in, it's not something that you have to necessarily add into your bottom line, which makes it very approachable. And then there's several different layers on how they want to go. If they want to go to a family-friendly type of atmosphere or a boutique atmosphere or even adults only that just affords them different levels of service and luxury. When it comes to cruising, you have that same, you have that same customization, but some people may not be into drinking or they may not be into having specialty dinners or anything like that. And that customization can be, um, it can be a double edged sword just because you have the, you have the option to customize your cruise pretty much however you want. And so your budget will vastly be determined on what are the things that are most important to you to do on your vacation and where is it that you want to go and where is it that you want to experience? How long do you want to be there? Yeah. And I'm curious too, you know, you mentioned at the beginning of the show with wellness being a big thing for you. When I think wellness, you know, I will say I don't really think much of a cruise for wellness other than maybe your mental health, obviously, for being a vacation, because that's important, you know. But when you think, I think spa, you know, I think relaxation on that. And that's, I've seen some incredible spas at all-inclusive. So it seems like if you want wellness, you know, all-inclusive is going to be your leaning factor. And that, that if you go debate, if we're debating here one or the other, if you want wellness, you're going to pick all-inclusive, right? Or, or am I wrong on that? Maybe you can prove me wrong on that. I don't know. I, I think for me, it just comes down to, I'm, I'm partially biased to cruising. I The reason why I okay. like the wellness aspect of it is because wellness is encompassed in several different layers. It's the, it's the ability to rejuvenate your body and your mind, but it's also coming down to the type of exercise classes that you may be able to take. There are some things that you can do on certain islands that are only accessible by cruising that you may not be able to find um, at an all-inclusive. They may have something comparable. And by that same token, you know, all-inclusives have come a great way with making sure that wellness is a very important aspect. In particular, there are some that are in um, Mexico that focus primarily on a healthy lifestyle in that their food choices are ones that help to promote wellness in the body. So when it comes to me giving the best the best experience, it's about how people define wellness for them and what do I think would be the best option that would present itself for them. And sometimes cruising does cruising does win out on that. Interesting. I have towards, you know, some ships that have do, do nice spas and everything. But yeah, like you said, you know, it really is just subjective to your client and the person and whoever is traveling on that. So I might lean towards all inclusive on that and, and you're leaning cruise on that. So now I want to debate you on the food side of things, all inclusive versus Ooh. cruise on the food which one leans your way for obviously it's subjected to everyone out there for sure. And both have great options, but you know, if you could do one or the other, what are you picking, man? I'm picking cruise. I don't, I mean, when I think about cruise, what I love the most about it is the, the, the number of choices that I have for a cruise that allow me to indulge or to try out something new. I have always been uh, pleasantly surprised whenever I go on a new ship or even trying out a completely different line or learning about a different line. The types of things that they're doing with Virgin Voyages with the food concepts that they introduced and the new ships that are coming out with Norwegian and with uh, Royal Caribbean, they're re 
energizing the way that people think about food and that gastronomic experience. And with an all-inclusive, I love on the flip side to that, I do also love that there is still safe, there is still safety and comfort in being able to go to an all-inclusive and you're still able to have all of those different food choices, but not having to pay extra for them. So sometimes a specialty dining experience on a cruise may cost you extra, but in a particular case of an all-inclusive, that's not always, that's not always going to be the case. So you still win either way. But I know that I've been mostly impressed by the types of chefs and the types of food that's been brought on board on a cruise ship. I, I you know, I wished you had picked all inclusive because I do lean towards a cruise. But just for debate's sake, you, you kind of stole my, you know, counterpoint. As soon as you said cruise, I'm thinking, all right, well, how come I counter? Let's make this a good debate. But you already kind of dived into that with the specialty pricing on that. So that's where I would lean to on the, you know, just pay the once and you're good to go with those all inclusives on that. But when we talk about you know, these two comparisons on stuff, people got to know when to book though. What's your advice? When's the best time to book a cruise and when's the best time to book an all-inclusive? So typically when it comes to booking cruises, um, what's actually going to be coming up pretty soon is wave season. And that is when the cruise lines are going to be gearing up to release some of their best deals and promotions. And that typically comes towards the beginning of the year. Agents prepare for this months in advance, making sure that they let their clients know what's going on. So, you know, we're seeing these Black Friday sales. We're seeing these last minute sales. They're also going to be, they're also going to be providing a lot of promotions for cruising. And typically if you're trying to get a good deal on a cruise, I always recommend my clients to try to book it out between 12 to 18 months in advance, just so that it gives you enough time, as well as you tend to see the ability to see the cruise fluctuate in terms of how much the price, the price can go up or down, depending on whether you want to go and get it repriced. And that can also also lead to some additional savings. Your travel advisor can help you with monitoring that price. When it comes to an all-inclusive, I personally don't really see there to be a bad time outside of the, the hot, the hot season, such as spring break going during the summer, um, during holiday times, just because those prices do inflate a little bit. Um, but it really just comes down to, again, what you're looking to spend and having that flexibility because you can always find a, a value vacation when you go to an all inclusive as well. Indeed on that. And so you mentioned wave season that is coming up and it's, you know, we've seen a couple lines already kind of tout a little bit out there. I know Winstar did on their stuff. Some people starting early on that, just as some people started early uh, on the Black Friday deals and stuff is more of a used to be like a you know, a few days before day of almost and almost people jumping out on a month early. And that's certainly a sign of the times and where we're at and trying to jump on that, you know, excitement level of travel on this. But yeah, wave season for sure. I mean, you got to think too is... Uh, this is a lot. That's the time period when so many people are booking travel, not just cruises too, but also on call inclusives and land packages and tours and people going to Europe and everything. There's a lot of travel booking in that first quarter of the of the new year there. So if you want, you know, that's that you want to jump on and you don't want it, you want the the best inventory availability. You want you know those amenities. You know, you might find those better at Black Friday deals. But yes, beginning of the year, jump on it. Don't wait too long. And I love that advice on the cruising 12 to 18 months. You got to book out in advance on that because these things are filling up. Yeah. And a lot of them are coming out with new ships because they're coming out with them at a faster clip than what I've ever experienced before. And the the demand is there. Like there, are, these cruise lines are reporting that they're having record breaking sales every time a new ship comes out and they're letting us advisors know to get the word out. And the demand is definitely um, is keeping on trend with that. So absolutely imperative that when you, as soon as you, know that you're ready to put some energy into booking something you want to make sure that you jump on that as soon as possible because that the, yesterday's price is not today's price basically right exactly so we talk about these two as a comparison but if you you know merge them together you get all-inclusive cruises so what do people need to know about the all-inclusive cruise experience 
The all-inclusive cruise experience from my perspective is the one that gives you the best of both worlds because unlike the all-inclusive where you are stuck in one place but everything is typically included versus the cruise where you're going multiple places but there may be some extras you have to pay for, the all-inclusive one really helps to add a, red, a redefinition of luxury. So um, one of my favorite cruise lines that comes really close to it, Norwegian, with their free at sea promotion, typically you get the drinks included, you get the Wi-Fi included, you get the specialty dining and then you get shore excursion credits on top of it and so they come very very close and then the next step above that you start seeing river cruises luxury uh ultra luxury cruise lines they start to factor all of that in and then they add in the air on top of that besides into one neat little price and you have a completely different experience when you don't have to take your wallet out but once and that is just to put it in the drawer because everything is factored into what you're trying to do, including the activities or the excursions that you're going to do on land. So there's a lot to be said about all-inclusive all inclusive cruises. And I think it's one that people should add to their bucket list at one point in their time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, you mentioned Norwegian. I got to give major love to them too. That was the first uh, all-inclusive cruise I ever took uh, vacation-wise too. That's not one, not a work thing on that. And my in-laws went with me and that was their first ever cruise experience. And, and that hooked them in. So they had been to an all-inclusive before, like long ago and everything. But yeah, then they had never cruised before. My father-in-law's a little bit of a germaphobe, was not really loving it. So this was back in 2017, 18. So we went to Cuba as part of the itinerary. That was a big draw in getting them in, in that. And also the all-inclusive aspect of it too. And that's a, a good way to, you know, tout to clients out there for my advisor friends, you know, if you have someone that only does all-inclusives, but you want to maybe try to venture them out, maybe you can entice them to jump on that all-inclusive cruise experience and hit a multiple destinations that they can check off their country list or bucket list or their life list, we should say, instead of the term bucket list, if you're not a fan of that phrase, which I know a lot of people in the industry are not fans of that bucket list term. So let's switch it up and go life list on that. So, but we talk about a little bit about um, these two, and you mentioned, Nor you know, we talk about Norwegian. What are some other brands out there that are good for, you know, families versus couples in the cruise sector? And then we'll talk a little bit about of brands for all-inclusive. Sure. So when it comes to looking at families or couples, the real benefit is that any mass market cruise that you can think of has a has a certain way of a of accommodating a family or a couple, just primarily with the way that they have been creating their new uh, staterooms and things like that. You're seeing a lot of family staterooms that can accommodate up to four people. So again, what comes to mind for me is just Norwegian. Their free at sea promotion um, oftentimes allows the third and fourth guests to come for free or just paying the taxes basically. Um, but you also have um, some other contenders like Royal Caribbean who are just absolute masters at entertainment and activities on board that really help with couples. Um, I'm sorry, with families. But with couples, you have, uh, you know, you can look at some other ones like for river cruising. I think that those are good for couples, people that want to experience um, different types of luxury, but want to kind of have a nice small ship experience. You can look into those as well. Um, and it really they what I'm noticing is that a lot of agent, a lot of lines now are making sections or basically areas where people can section off and they can have fun with their family, but they still have the ability to just have time with themselves, whether it's at the spa or at a beach club. So if you find any cruise line that has those types of amenities, that's going to be a good draw for you to want to go in um, and take a look cruising at that one. Yeah. And what about the all-inclusive brands that really stand out to you? So I want to say that my top three all-inclusive brands would be um, AM Resorts. So those are the ones that have like Secrets and Breathless. Those are perfect for people that want to do um, couples or that are just adults only. So if you want to go and enjoy yourself 
Um, you can definitely have a lot of good time depending on the vibe you're looking for. One is romantic. The other one is more for, you know, energy and partying. Um, I recommend going to, uh, you know, Playa Resorts. So like Hyatt, Ziva, Zalara, which are typically beautiful luxury resorts that cater well to kids as well to families and couples. Um, and then I also like Charisma just for their gastronomy. I'm really big on food. So Charisma, they have the Azul um, properties. They are really, really good when it comes to focusing on um, when it comes to focusing on having a really good gastronomic experience. I love it. Yeah, all, all of those brands are really great out there. So as we wrap up the show here, any final advice or words of wisdom you want to pass on to our travel advisors out there when it comes to the cruise versus all-inclusive uh, debate out there? Um, I think the the advice that I would probably give is, you know, you want to listen to your you want to listen to your client and really get to the heart of what it is that they're trying to look for when they're trying to define their vacation. So when you say when you have a client that says they want to go to an all inclusive, but they haven't really locked in on it, really get to the heart of, you know, well, why are you choosing this all inclusive? What it, you know, have you done any research on this? Get to what it is that they really want to accomplish with this next experience, with this next vacation, and just, you know, continue to be flexible and weigh those options appropriately. Because you may find that another recommendation may come in the form of an all-inclusive in a different destination, or it may come in um, to considering them to try a cruise next time, or maybe they've never um, done an all-inclusive before, and or they've never done a cruise before, and you want to switch them over to another opportunity, just to help them keep that that option open. Love it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to join and talk travel and all-inclusive and cruise experiences out there. Ryan, where can people reach out to you or follow you on the socials or anything else you want to plug? Take it away. Sure. So you can reach me on Instagram at R-D-F-N-T, R-D-F-A-N-D-T. I'm also available on Facebook with the same handle. Um, and you can also go to my website, www.ryanft.com. Thank you so much, Ryan. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Well, folks, that wraps up this week's show. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. And this is uh, the last show for a couple weeks here. As I did mention at the beginning, my son was born. So got this show out and we've got a couple weeks off here as I dive into paternity leave and all the snuggles of the babies. So uh, if any parents out there want to pass on some wisdom, you know, podcast at travelpulse.com is the email handle. Reach out. Let me know your thoughts on parenting. Let me know your thoughts on travel. If you enjoyed the show, please listen and subscribe to wherever you listen out there and Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back at the end of December as we recap 2022 and look ahead to 2023. And you might have just heard some baby giggles or laughs or cries in the background. I don't know. I'm going to go check on that. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great week.